hey, you know, Easter is a great time to connect and reconnect with God. Uh, maybe you're refreshing your relationship with Jesus today. We have a gift for you called a Fresh Packet. Uh, we'd love to give it to you. Just uh, download the app Evergreen Christian Center, tap Connect, and request a Fresh Packet. It has a letter from Ann and me and some helpful resources. Give us your mailing address so we can send you some old school hard copy and also your email address so we can send you an additional digital gift. Hey, I want to uh, thank you for your regular giving. Those of you that give generously continue to do that. And, and as a result, uh, we're able to meet the needs that we have here, near and far. Thank you for your regular giving. And also many of you have responded to our COVID-19 response fund. This week, a couple of friends reached out and said, oh, there's some specific needs that we can help with. And the answer was yes. And we were able to connect those gifts with those needs. Thank you for doing that. Uh, next week, I start a new series called Together, uh, Tools to Survive and Thrive at Home. Uh, last October, when we planned this series, we had no idea that uh, we would be living together as we are now at Stay at Home. So I want you to make a promise this week, uh, don't injure anyone in your home. And next week, I'll give you some tools on how to live together successfully 24-7. Well, get ready for a great message. As Anne finishes our series, Finding Hope When All Hell Breaks Loose. Good morning, Evergreen and online friends. Happy Easter! We're so glad that you've joined us today. He is risen. He is risen indeed. You knew there was going to be confetti, right? Because if you haven't met me before, my name's Anne, and I love Jesus, and I love confetti. So Easter was the perfect time to put them together. How are you doing this morning? You know, this Easter is unlike any Easter we've probably ever experienced. Some of us are doing online school with our kids for months, not just weeks. We're grocery shopping with masks, one family member at a time, and as infrequently as possible. Many of us have taken pay cuts or lost our jobs just to keep businesses afloat. And some of our families are separated from one another because of quarantine. Others have lost loved ones and they can't gather to remember them or to comfort one another. And many families are together 24-7 in quarantine. And maybe this is where the stories are. Let me share just one. One evergreen parent writes honestly, this is how my morning started. I overhear the boys arguing while I'm in the bathroom. It escalates and I can't run interference. I get out of the bathroom and I ask E what happened because he seemed to be the one causing the ruckus. His answer? I was doing what Aaron said. I was copying him. And then he got in my face and then I punched him in the privates and stomped on his foot. And then he pushed me into the chair and called me a poop stick. I can't even make this stuff up, she wrote. It's only 8.30 in the morning. I haven't even finished breakfast. And the fighting's just going and going. I'm not gonna be sane when this is over. I hope your day started out better than mine, she finished up. Well. Friends, this morning, whatever our story, we've experienced a whole range of emotions during this pandemic. There's fear and frustration. There's uncertainty and disappointment. There's doubts and grief. There's gratitude and there is amazement at times. 
and probably a whole lot more. One overwhelming emotion that people describe is being overwhelmed at times. I want you to know that together we may be having a more authentic Easter experience than ever, one much closer to the first Easter. You know, Jesus' followers' first Easter was an all-hell-broke-loose kind of experience for the men and women who had come to believe that Jesus was the Messiah and King. It was a time of uncertainty, fear, and grief, and they spent it behind locked doors until, as the third day dawned that Sunday morning, some amazing news arrived. Jesus is alive. He's risen from the dead. There's hope even in the midst of chaos and fear. The question is, what did Jesus do to help them through this? And what does Jesus do to help us when all hell breaks loose? So J Jared reminded us a couple weeks ago of five things that we can do to take care of ourselves when all hell breaks loose. And last week, Bo shared how we can win the battle for our mind thanks to the powerful weapons that God's given us. But today, friends, today, this Easter, is all about what Jesus does to help us in difficult times. Because the same love expressed in Jesus' death and resurrection for is the same love that motivated him to help his followers who are struggling. Today, I want to highlight three things that he did then and he will do now for you and me. The first one is this, Jesus shows up every single time. Think about Jesus' death and resurrection. God could have set the resurrection up in a way that bypassed any further earthly connection with Jesus. He could have arranged eyewitnesses in real time for the resurrection, but he didn't. Instead, he had Jesus show up for his followers post-resurrection, after the fact, and he did so in some pretty surprising ways. First of all, Jesus shows up outside of his own tomb for some women who came there early one morning and brought hope and joy in their grief. I want to focus on one of those women because he appeared first to Mary Magdalene. John's gospel tells us that she was crying at the tomb. Now, the word that was used for crying here, it's the same one that was used for Lazarus mourners at his death, one of Jesus' close friends. Friends, this word was the word for an ugly cry, as we like to call it. It was loud and uncontrollable wailing. And Jesus interrupts her. This is what he says. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you've carried him away, let, tell me where you've put him and I will get him. And Jesus said to her, Mary. And when she heard her name, she realized it was Jesus alive and standing in front of her. And after a brief exchange, she ran, found the other disciples, and she told them, I've seen the Lord. Her tears and grief were replaced with hope and joy. But that's not all. Jesus shows up again on the road to Emmaus. As a couple of his disciples were walking there from Jerusalem, the seven-mile jaunt, and helped them understand who Jesus really is. You see, Jesus was unrecognizable to them and joined their conversation he asked them what they were talking about, and they told him all about what had happened back in Jerusalem the last three days, including how they had hoped that Jesus was the promised Messiah. Well, Jesus listens, and then he responds. In Luke 24, it says this, And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them 
what was said in the scriptures concerning himself. It wasn't until dinner that evening that they recognized Jesus and right at that moment, he disappears. Two guys trying to make sense of what had happened with Jesus over the past three days. And what does Jesus do? He shows up and he helps them understand who he really is. Well, Jesus also shows up for some of his disciples while they were gathered in a home behind locked doors and he brings peace, joy, and faith to them. John 20 says it this way, on the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them. But the whole group was startled and frightened, thinking they were seeing a ghost. And Jesus said, peace be with you. And after he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Luke's gospel says that he also opened their minds to understand the scriptures. So Jesus shows up for his followers who are afraid and puzzled. And he brings them peace and joy and helps them understand the scriptures. He shows up a second time though, a week later, in a home with disciples gathered once again, because you see at his first reveal, the previous week, there were some who missed out. One of those was a guy named Thomas, and he was really struggling to believe that Jesus was actually alive. He had trouble believing the other disciples' account. We read about it in John 20. Then Jesus said to him, that is Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God, and Jesus showed up and helped Thomas believe in him. When Jesus shows up, he brings hope, joy, peace, faith, and reveals more of who he is to his disciples. Friends, this is what he wants to do for you and me. Now, that was part of the first Easter, and it was not a one-and-done experience with Jesus, though. The resurrection is not just something we look back on and celebrate you see, Jesus is still showing up today with hope and peace and inspiring us with greater faith. Jesus doesn't just have our back. He has our front because he goes in front of us. He has our sides because he walks next to us. He's over us because he's laid his hand upon us and he's underneath us, supporting us all the way because he is with us every single moment of every single day. My friend Nancy was diagnosed with cancer several years ago and she went through chemo and then had a stem cell transplant and the cancer went into remission. She was extremely grateful until a few weeks ago, she discovered it was back. Several days ago, her first chemo was scheduled. It was a newer drug and because of that, she read up on the side effects online. And also she understood that during this COVID-19 world, she was gonna have to go to chemo all alone. Well, these two facts caused fear to just to begin to build up in her mind and nothing anyone said helped her until her friend came and talked to her. She sent her a text and said that she was praying for her. And she said she saw a little girl walking into the doctor's office holding the father's hand. And God showed up for Nancy because as her husband dropped her at the curb of that medical clinic, Nancy saw him walking with her as she walked toward the office and then came into the 
treatment room. She pulled up a chair and invited God to sit there with her. Multiple times during her eight hours of infusion, she looked over at him and said, thank you for being here with me. The peace of God was with her because of his presence. Now, friends, I don't have a battle with cancer today, thankfully, but I do have a battle for my own focus and priorities going on. The constant onslaught of information, advice, requests, and ideas in our all online world causes me to lose focus about what really matters. And I can get lost in the details of all this information coming at me and all this advice being thrown my way. And I can forget that loving God and loving people, that's what really matters. And that's where I need Jesus to show up for me today. Where do you need Jesus to show up for you? Where do you need him to reveal himself more clearly? Because he really wants to do that. When all hell breaks loose for his followers, Jesus shows up. And secondly, Jesus gives us fresh power. He invites the disciples to a fresh experience with his power. He told them to wait in Jerusalem until you've received power from on high. Again, God could have accomplished this another way than making the disciples wait someplace to receive something from him out there in the future. He could have done something right in that moment, but he didn't. Think about this. Jesus set them up to stay connected with one another. He gave them his version of a shelter-in-place order. Luke 24 says it this way. Jesus is speaking. I am going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. This was a scary time for followers of Jesus. They were waiting for literally the other shoe to drop for their own persecution to happen at the hands of the religious leaders or the Roman officials. They were really living with a, are we next mentality? Hence the locked doors when Jesus visited them. But Jesus let them know that he wanted to give them fresh power, that their own strength was not enough when all hell breaks loose. Paul wrote about this same power in Ephesians 5. Let's read it. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery or dissipation or being out of control. Instead, be filled or be being filled with the Spirit. Are you feeling overwhelmed with life during this pandemic? I'm pretty sure the disciples felt that way on the first Easter too. Feeling like you've just acquired several new jobs at once with your kids and online schooling? Or maybe financial realities are keeping you up at night. Maybe you just feel like this whole quarantine scene is just too much. Well, friends, I want you to know that we are exactly where we need to be to receive fresh power from the Holy Spirit. We need God's help, not just self-help and not just the self-care that we give. Instead, the resurrection was about the triumph of God's will, not the triumph of our will. Don't try to gut this up or numb it out for the duration. As we wait on the quarantine, I encourage you, let's wait on God each day and receive his power. This is not something for you to do. Being filled with the spirit is something for you to receive. Can you sit still, do nothing, and breathe for two minutes? Then you have time to be freshly filled with the Holy Spirit. 
So Jesus shows up for us when all hell breaks loose in our lives and he gives us fresh power, but he also forgives us time after time. He sticks with us through our failures. What failures am I referring to? Well, first of all, the fact that an innocent man was crucified at the hand of religious leaders and an angry mob. Jesus uttered these words on the cross, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Jesus was not just forgiving the executors in that moment. You know, these words of forgiveness are for all of us. It's our sins that put him on that cross, not just the angry mob or the religious leaders or some Roman officials. The Bible says that all of us have sinned. All of us have messed up. All of us have fallen short of God's perfection and his perfect love for us. And Jesus offers his forgiveness to every one of us, every person on planet earth is invited to receive. He forgave the desertion or abandonment of the 11 apostles after his arrest. He forgave the repeated denials of Peter as Jesus was put on trial. He stuck with his disciples through failures and doubts. Let's read about one of those instances in Matthew 28. It says, then the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. You see, in spite of his disciples deserting and denying him, he loved them. He forgave them. He showed up for them and he gave them power to live on mission with him. His actions toward them said, I still choose you. His words said, follow me. Today, this is good news for you and me. This Easter, our performance as a parent, as a spouse, as a sibling, as a friend, or as a Jesus follower does not win the day for us. Jesus has won the day for us. He took care of all our sin, past, present, and future when he died on the cross and rose three days later from the dead. Romans 5.8 says this, but God showed his great love for us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. My question for us is this, where do you need Jesus to show up in your life today? Where do you need his fresh power operating in your story? You don't have to clean it up first because this is another question for you. Where do you need to receive his forgiveness? Is today your day to get right with God? If it is, I'd like you to follow along in this prayer that I'm going to pray. Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending your Holy Spirit to live inside of me and help me to live out your life. We thank you, Lord. And now for all of us, I want to continue that prayer. Jesus, help us see all the ways that you show up in our lives this week and help us to be freshly filled with your power and to take a moment and breathe and receive that power from you each day and to take a moment and receive that forgiveness each day. Thank you, Lord, for loving us so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, 
Friends, the last thing Jesus did before he went to heaven was to lift his hands and bless his followers. And we want to experience that this Easter. We want to bless you this Easter Sunday. In number six, there's a great blessing from God. It says, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you and give you peace. Here's Marley, Jeremy, and the band to sing this blessing over your family. Now, when it gets to the amen parts, we invite you to sing along with your own amen, which means let it be so, Lord, or we agree, Lord. Receive this blessing today on you, on your children, on your children's children, on the family that's gathered there with you in your living room, and on the family you wish was gathered with you today. Happy Easter, Evergreen.